Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Editor Knows Best. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the hostess of Editor Knows Best. I'm also the CEO of Love for Words, an editing boutique. Um, the show airs every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's on Google Podcasts, also Apple Podcasts, and you can catch it on Anchor. Anchor.fm slash Editor Knows Best is the main page that includes um, all the episodes. So make sure you tune in to any that you have missed. Uh, and tonight or today we have a very special guest. She is a freelance writer turned editor and writing coach. She has transformed manuscripts and creative ideas into a finished product. For over five years, she's connected with hundreds of aspiring writers, artists, and entrepreneurs across the world, using the power of words to bring visions to life. She believes in helping others to make peace with themselves through sharing their gifts and stories in life's purpose. She is a graduate of the Louisiana State University where she received a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in liberal arts with a concentration in African American, African and African American studies. She purposely sought out positions that challenged, challenged her to excel in areas such as education, leadership and outreach but she did decide to pursue her love for writing full time in 2015, which birthed Masterpieces Writing and Editing LLC three years later. She's also an accountability coach and newbie a YouTuber. And she currently resides in Louisiana where she was born and raised. Today's guest is Erica James. Thank you so much for joining us, Erica. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I'm excited. Yes, us too. I'm glad you're able to join us and uh, give us some some feedback and some nuggets. I look forward to it. So to open up, if you could just tell us a little bit more about your journey into launching your boutique or not your boutique. I refer to my business as an editing yeah. boutique. I don't know if you do, um, but if you could give us a background into launching your business, um, I'm sure our listeners would love to know more about your editing business. Yeah, well, it's quite the story. So, you know, with you going over my bio, I was just listening to you and I really was trying to go the practical route, you know, going and getting my degrees, you know, trying to go after a particular area of study, but there were no jobs opening up for me at the time. And it was like getting my master's was like the plague. Like I had never, ever interviewed for a job and didn't get it. Mm. And that happened for me in 2015. And mm. in 2014, I left my job. It was going nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, it'd be easy for me to get something else. And it wasn't. So in March of 2015, I was like, okay, so you need to pay bills. You need to eat. Mm -hmm. And there's no money coming in. My savings was dwindling down. So I was like, well, what are you going to do? And I don't remember exactly what my cousin said, but she had went to a book signing for Phaedra Park. And it was something she mentioned in that conversation. And I was like, okay, so what do you know how to do that you can charge people for? And it was writing, mm -hmm. you know, all my life, like I've been a writer and especially coming out of college and grad school, that's all I did was write papers. So I was like, okay, I can charge people to edit them. And I still remember like the first person who paid me $25 to edit a paper. I put up like the Craigslist ad and like in a week or so, I had a new client. And he actually stuck with me for a long time. And from there I went to Fiverr and I started writing song lyrics and people just started taking a chance on me like, okay, so can you edit a book chapter? I was like, okay. And before I knew it, it was a full book. 
So after years and years and years of trying to avoid it, I was like, okay, you do need to turn this into a business business. So in 2018, I took the leap of faith and I actually got the LLC. So congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. So what would you recommend to our listeners? Because a lot of our listeners are authorpreneurs, which, you know, Mm -hmm. is an author and an entrepreneur, or they, you know, are interested in freelance work. So what would you recommend to those listeners who maybe are hesitant to jump into entrepreneurship full time? Just do it, because I had to be forced into it. And one thing that I wish I knew differently, I wish I actually had a plan so that I can go into it in different stages. But it's kind of like I was just, you know, forced into it. And it's really more so your thought process. Like, it's only scary when you think about it. And once you actually get into it, it's like, it's really not that bad, especially when you take the time to do the research. Like there are so many free resources that you can use to figure out the right way to go. And also like just reaching out to people. Cause that was my thing. I didn't like talking to people because I was always afraid of rejection. And it's like, oh, but this person is doing what I want to do, but I'm scared to talk to them. And it's like, whatever you feel you need to do to get it done, do it. Don't overthink it, just do it. Awesome. And for those, well, we like I said, we have a lot of listeners who are authors. They might they may be brand new to what editing is. Can you tell us about the type of editing that you do and how that is helpful to your clients and maybe helpful to other potential clients? So I do a lot of editing and I didn't even know the type of editing I was doing when I first started. Like I had to learn as I went. So of course, you know, with the line and copy editing, that's making sure that your sentences flow really well, making sure that you don't have any grammar mistakes. But what I actually enjoy doing most is the developmental editing actually helping people piece it together. Like, okay, so we have this idea. So how can we build this to make it more? Or if it's fiction, like, okay, let's see what we can do to make this plot hole disappear, you know, fill in the blanks. And a lot of people don't know what they need when they first come in. Like they just know I need my book edited Mm -hmm. and they just want it to sound good. But sometimes it takes a whole lot more than just like a simple, let me tweak this word here or there. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you do have to go back in the full manuscript. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I do is when I talk to clients, I make sure that it's like, okay, so what exactly are you looking for? And even if they can't put it into words, like I try to help guide them. So it's like, okay, do you just need it cleaned up? Or are you really trying to go in and do some deep diving? So there are different types, but in book coaching, I do all of them. But when it's my individual clients, they pick either or, but when I do developmental, it always includes the line and copy editing as well. Okay. Yes, and that's actually the same type of editing that I do, uh, developmental. Mm-hmm. So we have that in common. And um, I'm always excited to help authors, like you said, um, realize the potential of their, or realize the potential of their manuscript and also, yeah. you know, make it as best as it can possibly be. So um, I definitely enjoy that process as well and also help out with the copyright component, which by the way, is what most people think of when they hear editing the copyright pieces, the spelling, grammar, punctuation. Yeah. So um, that's what people usually think of. And a lot of people don't actually know there are different types of editing. Mm-hmm. And also, by the way, um, Editor Knows Best is the name of this podcast, but it's also the name of my ebook, which is available for free on my website, Uh So 
um, and that breaks down the types of editing that there are, what to expect from an editor. So just make sure you head over to my website and download that for free. So um, if you're looking for more information about like an editing 101 guide. Um, so how, how did you get into um, writing? Like, did you, you had a love for writing and then you started editing or did you start editing early on? How did that come about for you? Well, and my sister can tell you this story. The first song I ever wrote, I was five years old. Mm. So it started from there and I went through a poetry phase and then I went through a short story mm. phase. I would enter young artist contests at school. And I remember once like even writing a script for a soap opera because at wow. that time they were appealing to teenagers. So it's like I would always write. And whenever we had to do creative writing in school, like my teachers would always like be like, oh my God, you're a writer. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I do write, but I'm a writer. Like, you know, again, going back to what I said earlier about trying to be more practical, like that's seen as a hobby, not really as right. a career. So I was like, okay, whatever. It's like, yeah, I know how to do it. But I realized like that was where I was most comfortable, even in college and writing essays that made me comfortable because I was freely able to express what I was thinking. So it's just always been there. Awesome, awesome. And um, I started writing poetry in middle school so um, I can definitely relate to that uh -huh. as well. Um, and then, you know, I, I matured into the editing piece but I've always loved reading. I used to do the reading programs which you get the, uh -huh. you get the free personal pizza pan. Yes. <laughs> I used to love that. So I've always been interested in reading and writing and editing, of course, ties into that perfectly. So I was yeah. so glad that I uh, moved into that myself. I'm um, glad that you were able to find that route for yourself as well. So in keeping in line with, with editing, what is your least favorite part of being an editor? And what is your most favorite part about being an editor? Hmm, my least favorite part, it is the line and copy editing, because that's not the fun part you know but when i'm able to help people build out their concepts and like just take an idea and make it bigger like that brings me joy actually going through the developmental stages and even with brainstorming like just helping people just put their ideas on paper so that they can actually see it and see okay this is a good idea maybe this one is a better idea so the creative process is what I absolutely love, but the technical aspects of it, not so much. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say the same. Um, and then also, you know, having conversations with the with the clients, you know, once their manuscripts are finalized yeah. and they recognize how much better it is um, uh -huh. and how much, um, you know, the editing process was was a help to them and also to the manuscript. So that's that's what I like most about it. Um, I'm not, I'm still thinking about the least part. I guess it would be the business side of it. Like the actual yeah, invoicing, too. the invoicing and the, um, you know, things like that. So the administrative piece for me, but overall, um, I don't have any major complaints about it. I definitely love it. Um, so I wanted to talk to you more about um, how you, how do you reassure your potential clients that working with an editor is not as bad as um, it seems or that the fear that authors feel is not really warranted. What do you usually say or, or do um, to comfort those clients who are, are afraid to work with an editor? Well, during the initial consultation, one of the things that I ask them is like, okay, so what concerns 
do you have? Because of course, a lot of them, it is the price tag associated with it. But I reassure them like, it's worth the value and you're always gonna get extra with me. Always gonna get extra because it's always gonna be something I'm doing that doesn't have a price tag attached right. to it. And I'm a person, and even though some people might say, I need to not be as involved, but sometimes mm -hmm. like I do get involved mm -hmm. and it's like, I'm putting pieces of me into this project. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that it's good, you know? And it's like, I want you to know that I care about it. And mm -hmm. it's not just, oh, it's another project. Like right. if I'm putting my hands on it, I have to care about it. Right. So it's just making sure that from the beginning, that first phone call is like, it's a clear understanding of what exactly they're looking for, what exactly they're concerned about, or even if it's things they didn't really understand, because in the beginning, I didn't really go through that process. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of clients who didn't really understand a lot of the steps involved. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of phone calls <laughs> and a lot of questions <laughs> and it's like, uh oh, you know, so now I make sure that I take care of that very early on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that actually mirrors my story because in the beginning I didn't do um, yeah. those uh, upfront consultations. I would just get the manuscript and edit, and then uh -huh. they would email me back like, um, <laughs> "This isn't <laughs> what I was looking for." And I realized that we have to have that conversation upfront yeah. to make sure that I can meet your expectations, and also to find out what your expectations are. So since I've implemented that, like you said that has eliminated lots of headaches. And it also, it saves time and money. So if you know, after that first call, you know, I'm not really meshing too well with Erica or I'm not meshing too well with Katire. I need to keep looking for another editor. We haven't wasted much time um, yeah. and nobody spent any money. I didn't spend three hours on this manuscript that you're asking for a refund for or whatever other hassles come along with not establishing that relationship up front. So I definitely learned that lesson as well. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, so one thing that you did touch on as well is the price tag. And uh -huh. that is something I run into. So I quote and they're like, oh, that's a lot for editing. And I'm like, okay, well, um, this is where you can go to find another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how do you like, how do you respond to that? Like I've had, I've had clients, you know, like I'm sure you had, oh, I really want an editor and they sent you a message on Facebook and then you quote yep. them and it's crickets. So how do you, <laughs> what, what do you recommend to other editors who experience that and how do you deal with that? Um, well, I'll start with my experience first. So coming from Fiverr, everything was priced really low. Yes. And I was at a point to where I was overworked and underpaid because of that. And whenever I started to ask for more, it's like, that's when I started to get a lot of backlash from people. And it's like, but you're literally like not even paying me what I'm worth. So that was another big push for me to just do it on my own. And I learned that it's like, people know your value and the people who really are looking for that, they will pay you. Yes, they so will. Now I know that the people who ask a million and one questions, even after you've answered all of them, or they're <laughs> like, oh, so-and-so can do this, or I've had this done another way. It's like, right. that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah. if you want to go that route, that's perfectly fine. But the biggest thing for other entrepreneurs is to not feel like, every single person that comes through has to be your client. And it's like, of course, you're looking at this money that's coming in, but sometimes right. it's not worth the headache. Right. 
Right. Because you can tell very early on when people are coming in to be problematic yes. and they're very combative. And it's like, you know what? I don't think we should go exactly. This exactly. And that's another, you know, piece that I love about being an entrepreneur that you have the power to say no. Yes. So, you know, and the other thing that, you know, I've heard constantly is that the people who pay the least require the most time and attention from you, which is crazy, but it it seems to ring true. So like you said, you can find that out during the consultation. Uh Like we've been on the phone for three minutes and you've asked me 12 questions. (laughs) (laughs) Where is this going? So um, I, I definitely agree with that. And I would recommend, you know, to other editors, you know, who are facing that, like she said, knowing your value, yeah. And also knowing that value is more important than than the cost. So a lot of times people who say, oh, that's too much, they have different values than what you're mm-hmm. offering. So it's okay. And I want to say it's okay to refer clients to other editors. Um, I've done that before. I've had clients mm-hmm. who come to me and say, you know, I'm not willing or able to pay your price tag. And I'll say, okay, I know of X editor who might be able to better fit your needs. So I encourage people to work with others in your industry, um, Mm -hmm. which is part of the reason that I invited you and some of the other editors on the show. Um, We all have, you know, a story to tell. And in most cases, um, we have similar experiences. So I would say to our our listeners who are entrepreneurs also to not consider other people your competition. So for me, my biggest competition is the person that I see in the mirror. So it's not about, oh, masterpieces, writing and editing. Oh, see, I have to see what she's doing, you know, and follow her or do what she's doing in order for me to be successful. Just like in any industry, there's always options and you choose where you fit in. Um, some people like Burger King, some people like McDonald's, yep. neither one of them is going out of business because they have their target market. So just for all of our listeners, because we have a lot of listeners who are in business or going into business, don't um, see others as your competition um, and collaborate with them, whether yes. it's inviting them on your podcast or um, blog or whatever. Um, that's what I recommend. Um, would you agree with that, Erica? How do you how of do course. you deal with um, you know seeing other editors and maybe comparing yourself or what feedback do you have for for others who might be uh, feeling you know awkward being in the space and possibly collaborating or being friends with those who are supposedly their competitors? Well, I truly believe you need a community. And like I mentioned to you before, I was scared to talk to people, you know, because my anxiety would creep up and I reached out to an editor and she's worked with celebrities and it was an issue that I was having with a client and she responded to me mm-hmm. and it really was like, wait a minute, she really responded to me. Mm-hmm. And even from there, like she is sending me an opportunity to potentially work with her. Yes. And we were able to actually have a face-to-face conversation and I got even more nuggets mm-hmm. from her. And there are other editors that I just follow on social media, like just to see what they're doing. And like mm-hmm. that helped me see like, okay, this is how you build a brand, not just a business. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when I first started looking into digital products, seeing how well it was going for someone else. And that's where I am now working on getting mine. So I don't mm-hmm. have to do as much physical work. I can just do the work one time 
and get that passive income. Mm -hmm. So you have to reach out to people, number one, and then you also have to have a visual, like actually see it happening. Because when you're trying to get started, it is hard, you know, and it's like, you don't have everything figured out and things mm -hmm. might be moving slow, but when you see it's possible, that gives you the extra drive to go harder. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend like having a community and also like just making sure that your social media pages reflect what you want to see. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all that I see people who are just thriving in business and doing well, because that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for that. Um, and I will say, uh, I'm also an author. And Erica's actually edited some of the uh, works that I've done. So yes, I, have. Um, I can I can vouch for her. Hopefully, she kind of enjoyed some of this stuff. I did. I <laughs> she, did. She's edited for me. So um, that's another recommendation I have for our listeners who are authorpreneurs, um, who may be authors and editors or authors and publishers. Um, you know, when you have your own work, I recommend hiring out for those jobs just because you're so close mm -hmm. to that manuscript or that letter or that, you know, whatever document it is, not to be afraid to tap another specialist who is going to be that, um, you know, impartial person or professional for you. So I've definitely done that. I advocate for that and hope that you all do that as well. Um, I know that you are not an author as of yet, but would you work with an editor once you do become an author or would you self-edit your own work? Well, I'm still trying to figure that one out mm -hmm. because I am a bit harder on myself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think I probably would over edit. So it's like, you do need mm -hmm. someone to come in and look mm -hmm. at it, but it's like, it will be polished whenever they get it. But right. I still haven't figured it out. Cause of course, figuring out like what the budget's going to be and stuff right. that'll determine it definitely oh, definitely but I haven't gotten to that point yet but I do want some other eyes mm -hmm. I do want some other eyes because like mm -hmm. I said I can be really really hard on myself yeah yeah um do you have any ideas of what genres you'd be interested in writing well almost everything and <laughs> that was the other thing with me because I've always loved writing fiction but where I am in my life right now I feel like self-help is the way to go because it's like it'll help me share pieces of my story to help inspire other people and I was like you can do all of it mm -hmm. you know so it's like once you get that self-help out then you can follow with fiction but what's going to come out before that is an ebook similar to yours so it will be a guide to help people write a book and save money while they're doing it Awesome. And what would you recommend to our listeners who are um, going through writer's block right now? Or what do you usually recommend to, you know, your clients who might be facing writer's block? Well, first you have to figure out what's causing it. With me, I wasn't motivated. And it was one of those things where it wasn't fun. So once I got to the underlying issue as to, okay, why aren't you motivated? Why isn't this fun? It's like I was able to still push through because even recently, like I'm working on developmental edits and it can get, you know, very draining after a while because it's like, okay, so I just finished this chapter and I have to go and add something to the next chapter. Right. But what I did, I got a new laptop mm -hmm. and it's like, I have been going through chapters like so fast. So it's mm -hmm. like now like having like a new tool to play on, it's like, mm -hmm. that's fun. So it's like I was able to add a little bit more excitement to it. So now I look forward to writing. And with anyone else, like once you figure out what's causing it, like just do little things. If you have to play music, if you have to meditate, if you want to pray before just to set 
the mood, if you want to light candles, you know, like just whatever is going to put you at peace to help your thoughts flow freely. I'd even recommend it journaling. Like just get your thoughts out before just to get it flowing. And once you get into that groove, it's like you will steadily move and have a routine as well. You know, even if you can do it the same time every single day, just have an idea of how long you're going to do it and just stick with that and keep going until you get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. For those of you who are facing writer's block is to um, find channels to um, motivate yourself, but also get into a more comfortable space where you're feeling, um, I guess your juice is flowing. So that might mm-hmm. be exercising or walking. Um, like she said, listening to music. So um, I think stepping away from it is really important. You can't yeah. force it to come out. So usually when you're not thinking about writing or not trying to write is when those ideas pour in. So taking some time away, I would definitely recommend. So in line with um, writing for you, Erica, does it usually drain you or exhaust you? Um, Not usually, Um, but whenever I know like it's something going on with the project itself. So let's just say that it's a client who's been difficult. That will drain me. So it's like, I don't enjoy writing because it's like, it feels like a hassle. But of course it's like, I'm figuring out ways to work with that. So it's like, okay, how I feel personally doesn't interfere with what I'm writing. But whenever I am just writing in general, it brings me joy. Like even something simple, like I make lists for everything Mm -hmm. like I have like so many notes on my phone it's ridiculous and it's like just (laughs) random ideas I get throughout the day and it's like I have to write it down and even when I talk to clients I still physically have to write it then I go back and type it Mm -hmm. so writing in and of itself like that's not draining to me I really enjoy it but it's when it's other things that are surrounding it that's when it can be draining and what is your feedback about um, your experience entering into the editing industry so I guess what were the what were the challenges that you had when you were transitioning well really not really knowing what I was getting into Mm -hmm. that was the biggest thing because like I mentioned before it was a lot of things I had to look up as people asked me about it, because I was just editing papers at first. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait. So it's <laughs> like, let me go look this up to see what they're right. talking about. So really just taking the time to start reading books and start watching videos, like whatever resources that I could find. And like I mentioned before, reaching out to other people who have already done it. And it was like, wait a minute, like mm-hmm. I could have been doing this, mm-hmm. you know, because before I was only doing one thing, but it's like, oh, there are different levels to editing, you know. Mm-hmm. And just by chance, like I was considering being a life coach once and Mm -hmm. I reached out to one and we didn't talk about life coaching. She Mm -hmm. started talking to me about book coaching Mm -hmm. and she Mm -hmm. was like, that's basically what you're doing. I was like, it is. And she was like, you need to start offering packages. I was Mm -hmm. like, I do. Yeah. (laughs) Cause that's what she did. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. So just taking the time to really just learn what I needed to know in order to continue to put out good quality work and to grow as an editor too. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I'm sure that our listeners are appreciative of that information. So I know that you said you focus on developmental editing. Are there any specific genres that you um, typically um, work on? Um, Well, not on purpose, but most of the clients that I get, it is self-help 
okay. or it is a memoir, you know, so it deals with their personal experiences. And I absolutely love it because I love to read. So it's like outside of editing the book, it's like I actually do enjoy oh, it. Yes. <laughs> and just in reading their writing, like it's helped me unlock so many things too. So I absolutely do love it. But I do fiction as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm tapping into doing more fantasy. I recently completed urban fantasy. So mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that mm -hmm. looks fun. Because mm -hmm. you know, those were things that I strayed away from because I was like, I don't know. Because I didn't read that much of it. Yes. And I was like, oh, I don't know. But it's like jumping into it, it's like, oh, this is fun. So mm -hmm. I'm pretty much open to anything. But nine times out of 10, it is nonfiction. Awesome. That's also uh, the genre that I edit and also write in. So that's another thing we have in common. Oh. So as an editor, um, how much pleasure reading do you do or do you do any at all? Well, I force myself to do more. <laughs> and <laughs> last year I started a morning routine. Mm -hmm. So after I get up in the morning, I have to read something and that helps clear my mind for the day. And I actually had a lot of burnout before. So 2018 was a very stressful year for me. So I was like, we have to do something different going forward. So um, what I'm reading now is a book of meditations. And then after that, it's like, I might read a Bible scripture, a Bible plan. And sometimes I might do just recreational reading, you know, cause I have Terry McMillan's book, Mama that I have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I haven't started it yet, but I was like, okay, that's the goal. Like once you get to a point where you're comfortable, it's like you can read because I can get lost in it. Mm. Um, I think the last book that I read for recreation was The Hate You Give. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. like, I literally like mm -hmm. would just be sitting there like yeah. for like a whole hour, like, wait, you got to get to work. Like you mm -hmm. can't just be in this book like this, mm -hmm. you know? So, mm -hmm. I do a little, but I haven't fully dived into just reading, you know, but it's more so just for like the mental health aspect of it. Yeah, um, I, I don't do much um, non-work reading at all, yeah. honestly. Um, every once in a while, I'll delve into a book, um, but I find that now that I, you know, do editing full-time, um, I am less inclined to continue my personal reading. I mean, yeah. it takes me a long time to get through books <laughs> that I'm reading for pleasure, just because, I don't know, I guess with, with doing this full time, I'm always reading. Yeah. So I don't have, so personal reading is not like a priority because it's like, I'm going to be reading um, hours <laughs> this week anyway. <laughs> and, and I have been super blessed um, with the clients that I've had. I've enjoyed all of the works that I've yeah. edited. So um, I'm, I'm very blessed and lucky in that way. Um, that it's it's been work reading and pleasure reading so it's it's two 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 words one stone right <laughs> yeah I've had that too mm, yeah good well um, thank you so much for joining us tonight I would love for you to tell us uh, where we can find you know where we can find your contact info where clients or potential clients can reach out to you and how we can keep in touch with you Okay, so the most simple way to do it, because my website has a lot of dashes in it. Mm -hmm. So you can go to Instagram and you can find me at Masterpieces Writing. And if you click the link in the bio, you will find the website. You can follow me on Gumroad because that's where I'm going to upload my new ebook. And all of my links are there. But if you want more of the personal stuff, the YouTube channel and everything, you can go to at Erica Lynette underscore J on Instagram and do the same thing. Click the link in the bio and everything is there.
Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciated um, our conversation. I enjoyed talking to you and realizing that we have quite a few things in common um, yeah. besides, you know, both being editors. Uh, thank you again for all of the nuggets and information and your willingness to share with the audience and also myself. Um, again, Editor Knows Best airs every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's on Anchor, Google Podcasts, and also on Apple Podcasts. You can visit anchor.fm slash editor knows best to listen to this episode and upcoming episodes. And again, my name is Katyra Poland. I am the hostess and thank you all for listening and I hope you all are safe and well. Thanks so much, everyone. And thanks for having me. You're welcome.